Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from TalkSport. Game day, your verdict. Manchester City moved to within 11 points of the Premier League leaders with a 3-1 victory at home to Leicester. New managers Carlo Ancelotti and Mikel Arteta watched their respective Everton and Arsenal sides finish 0-0 at Goodison Park. And Liverpool have been crowned world champions for the first time after winning FIFA's Club World Cup in Qatar. We also have a collection of the tributes paid to World Cup winner and West Ham legend Martin Peters, who has sadly passed away aged 76. Here's the best of your reaction to the day's football on Your Verdict with me, Hugh Wizencroft and Darren Bent. This is Game Day, Your Verdict, the podcast. Right, let's get straight into it and head over to the Etihad Stadium with Sam Matterface. There is the full-time whistle. Well, Christmas can sometimes be a defining period and despite the loss of their assistant manager... A lack until the final few moments of the game of their most experienced striker and more than a few injuries to worry about. Pep Guardiola has wrapped up three points and closed the gap to an absent Liverpool to 11 points at the top of the table and now has Leicester in his sights. Leicester suffer a crucial Christmas slip and they have Liverpool on Boxing Day by which time Manchester City will be eyeing up their second place. They have Wolves the day after. All those games are live on TalkSport. It was a great start to the festive period. It finished Manchester City 3, Leicester 1. Let's go over to Sam Matterface at the Etihad Stadium with Riyad Mahrez. Who is currently scrolling through my mobile phone to see whether or not he got the Man of the Match award or not. (laughs) No, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But you did score again, like you did the last time I spoke to you here in the tunnel after the Chelsea game. And it was a similar sort of goal, wasn't it, today? What did you think of the team? Yeah, a bit of deflection today, but it's the same sort of goal. I I score and I go inside and I find my space and I try to shoot. Uh, Today, a little bit of luck and I'm happy. Tell me what it was like for you to play against your former team today. It was a bit, uh, now I can say, strange, you know. Uh, this is the second time I played against them. Uh, but I was very happy to, to see the lads, you know, um, the player who, who I, I, I achieved a lot of things with. So it was a bit, uh, I was happy and today especially we, I wanted to win against them because they're in front of us and uh, I want to, to, to be uh, in front of them. Uh, the gap now is just one point. Does that underline how important it was to close that gap to Leicester City today and why of you had to it be? it was them? important. Uh, the most important is to try to, to win every game like we always do. 
uh, we went through a difficult moment, but uh, like I said, big teams uh, never give up and try to to come back, and that's what we, we we did against Arsenal, against Leicester today. Especially today, I think we had a, a very good performance. We controlled the game from the beginning. They scored. They scored in our best moment, but we was very um, confident. We was very relaxed because we created a lot of chances and. We controlled the game very well. Uh, you mentioned a couple of times how good you think the performance was. Um, last time we stood here again, you had to come back from a goal down to beat Chelsea. Was this your best performance at the Etihad this season, do you think? I don't know, but one of the best, yes, I think. Why do you think that was? Because we, we had a lot of intensity. We had a lot of intensity and when we playing like this, it's difficult for the opponent. How important was it to win that game with Liverpool being absent in a way at the World Club Cup? It's always Cup? difficult, even if they was playing Liverpool, you have to try to win. Uh, they first with uh, uh, 14 points ahead, so we just uh, have to concentrate on ourselves and try to win each game. Uh, Mikel Arteta has left this week, the assistant manager. Has it been disrupting for you at all? No, it was an emotional uh, week, obviously, because Mikel is... a uh, member important of the of the squad of the the club he helped us a, a lot the players and he helped the manager as well so but we was very happy for him uh, because he, he deserves and i think it will be a he will be a, ve a very good uh, manager thank you very much for your time appreciate it. that's Riyad Mahrez who got his goal uh, today and uh, helped secure all three points for Manchester City uh, Sam, thank you very much indeed. Interesting, Darren, to hear from Riyad Mahrez there talking about the fact it may well have been one of their best performances of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, they played really well. I thought they controlled the game from start to finish. Um, you know what Leicester are like, counter-attacking team with that pace up front in Vardy. They've all, always given themselves a chance, but I thought Manchester City controlled it today with the tempo of their passing. I, mean, I thought they created it looked really, really good. And it looked like it was Manchester City of old that could just carve teams apart when they felt like it and I mean De Bruyne makes such a big difference when he's on, when he's on it I mean he makes them tick and as I said Jesus looks like he's the, the perfect now kind of replacement for Aguero I mean listen Aguero has been one of the, arguably one of the greatest strikers of Premier League history but Jesus now stepping up and it looks like he's, his, he, he's the guy now that's going to wear that shirt You can speak to John a Manchester City fan who was at the game uh, John we heard from Riyad Mahrez one of your star performers today saying he thought it was one of your best performances of the season do you agree? I totally got to concur with him, if I'm being honest. I thought Ilkay Gundogan today was magnificent. Yeah. He played in that. He played in that role. He was just giving and going, giving and going. All he was doing is just popping the ball into somebody and then just going two yards sideways and receiving it and just kept the ball moving. We were just we were imperious today. We absolutely dominated Leicester. I know they went in front, but against the run of play. Yeah. Uh, without Schmeichel in goal for them, he, I think I think we hit the post for Kevin De Bruyne. I was just sure Schmeichel got a touch on that. I was right behind it, but I couldn't, couldn't quite say. Uh, so I, I, I'll put that down as a save. And, he, and then he uh, he had the strong wrist on another one. So. Our keeper, Edison, really didn't have much work to do today, which is uh, it's always a good sign when your keeper's uh, not, not that busy. And I thought I, I just thought in the midfield we were popping the ball off into space and then working working the flanks and the crossfield passes and Mahrez's control of a crossfield ball today was just sublime. Yeah. He was he was he was on fire today. Um and, and the work off the ball by Jesus just pulling players out of the way and, and manipulating space for others. I just thought we were dominant really. Uh, it is possibly. Even at 1-0 down, I, was, I don't think we was in danger of losing that game. That's how confident the players seemed to be. And the crowd was like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're absolutely 
smashing Leicester all over the place. Yeah, I think I think you dominated as well. But do you think, John? Do you think Jesus is the one to take over from Aguero now? Because he seems to be getting I, more game time, and I think Pep's now really starting to trust him. Like, what do you think? If I'm being 100 percent on this video, I still think he's a little bit sure. I mean, Aguero is he's an hard act to follow. Let's be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Aguero's games improved and he's evolved under under Pep Guardiola. He scores every kind of goal, left foot, right foot, header. Box in the box, he can he can score from inside outside. So it's it's a bit of an unfair comparison, but yeah, I mean, Jesus is uh, Brazil's number nine, so you can't be that shabby if you're Brazil's number nine. Yeah. And he's still he's he's, he's going to be under the tutelage and guidance of Pep Guardiola. But I do like the look of the uh, Argentine lad over at Inter Milan. I think that could be uh, could be some business done with that. Uh, Sane goes well, goes out the door. I think he could come in the other one. So, uh, John, let me ask you one more question about the title race, where today's result leaves Manchester City. A lot of people, including me, a while back saying that I thought the title race was over. Are Manchester City truly in it? Well, let's just say this, gentlemen. Let's just give you this conundrum. You can't win the title in December. The Cup's not handed over in December. Uh, But you can actually lose it in December. But I think now... When we come into the new year, if we get through this pile of fixtures, I mean, we've had two tricky fixtures, if you think about it. Arsenal at home is never an easy game, no matter how... (laughs) how, uh, Well, well, it was. It it proved to be an easy game, but come on, gentlemen. It's it's, it's a tough ask, isn't it, going to Arsenal on normal circumstances. And Leicester, they're a good footballing team. So I think we, we, we come out of them with six points and we actually battered both teams. Now, players are coming back into the fold from injury and the like. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll be at full strength in, in the new year. And I think Liverpool, not, it's the know-how. They can win the European Cup, but they don't seem to be able to steer this ship into port. Mm-hmm. We've won United in from nine points. We've won Liverpool in from ten points. Game on. I do. I do definitely. I do definitely think. When I mean, listen, I've enjoyed watching Leicester play this season. But you're right. There's there's a gulp in quality there. I mean, when you Manchester City, I mean, whenever matches, whoever Manchester City are playing against, I back them all the time because they can turn in these type of performances and they can just cut teams to pieces. And and as you said, they're doing it at the minute of a makeshift back four. The moment they get their players back, Laporte and these a, a proper back four defensive unit, then listen, I think they're going to accumulate a lot of points very very quickly. Uh, John, thank you very much uh, for your call. Interesting what you say, uh, though, Darren. Last season, and we, you know, John was making the point there about how many times Manchester City have overhauled teams. Maybe we're just seeing the beginning of the form that may well lead them into that. But so far, if you take the season as a whole, I know they've had a, a good few performances now. You know, do they have what it takes? Like the other seasons, to real teams back in. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I still, still believe. Yeah, I still believe that. Yeah, because you're right. Listen, Leicester have been getting all the plaudits this season. They've been fantastic, destroying teams the way they play. And you, you saw the game here today. They absolutely got dismantled by Manchester City side. And I think Manchester City can do that to anybody. Anyone in the Premier League, they can do that too. So for me, as I said, January's coming up as well. I know they've spoke about not signing a defender. I think they're going to go and get a defender. They, I think they have to. And I think if they can shore up that, that defensive line and going forward, listen, man, I'm telling you, that they, as I said just now, they can accumulate a lot of points very quickly. Who do you think uh, Man City should target if they're going to buy a new centre-half? There's a lot of options out there, there is, across Europe. There's but... a lot. I mean, it's, it's a tough one to, to go and say, yeah. And also as well, you know what teams are like. The moment a player might be valued at 40 million, the moment you know Manchester City's involved, all right, yeah, we want 80 million. So recruitment I think in this window is going to be key uh, Andy is a Manchester City fan he was at the game as well today good evening Andy what did you make of the performance well I was really pleased with City's performance but uh, the Leicester team I would say is the worst side I've seen at uh, the Etihad this season really the wow. worst side 
I thought they, they just had one option, which was the long ball. When, when that wasn't working for them and they persisted with it, I don't think they put a shift in. I saw City players covering large, uh, yardage. I didn't see the Leicester players doing the same. So I don't... I don't I don't know why. I well, don't, I'll, I'll offer you. I'll offer you a, a viewpoint on that. Maybe I think Brendan Rodgers wanted the team to stay tight and organised, mm. and is uh, you know as a very tightly packed defensive group, which means there's not a lot of running, <laughs> shifting side to side when Manchester City move the ball. But also, of course, if you've got you know you've got Jamie Vardy up front, you're going away to Manchester City. Maybe you have to try and play on the break. Haven't you seen other sides? Oh. You know, and, you know, maybe Andy. It's just that you expected more from Leicester than what they showed today, rather than oh. the fact that they're one of the worst teams that came to the. Yet. You, no, no, I don't think they're the worst team. I know they're the worst nah, team. Nah, seriously, Andy. I mean, yeah, Andy, seriously, you cannot tell me this Leicester team side is worse than Watford that come and you don't give 8-0 to. All right. All right. I didn't see it today. I did not see that today. I seen Wolves come and put a shift in. I didn't see the shift by Leicester. Mm, I think... It's, I, about it's not all about skill. It's about art and effort. They didn't put it in today. You're talking about Vardy being and uh, not giving room to sit at the back. All right, fair enough. But that wasn't working in the first 20 minutes. So, uh, Rogers. Uh, I'll have to interrupt work. you there, Andy. We'll come back to you in a few moments' time. Sam Matterface is with Brendan Rogers at the Etihad. Yes, Merry Christmas, Brendan. Thank you very much for joining us uh, live on uh, Talksport. What was your verdict on what was a, a really intriguing game? Yeah, the best team won. They were clearly, you know, played at a really, really high level. Uh, and, uh, and for us, it actually demonstrates how well we've done that still after the game. You know, we still sit ahead of Manchester City in the, in the table. So, um, but no, they, they were very good. We, we didn't start the game well enough. You know, we didn't take the ball. We didn't really show our, our true quality and uh, gave it away so cheaply. And, you know, OK, we took the lead, but we, we weren't really having any periods with the ball that was allowing us to create anything more. Um, the couple of times that we did, we scored one and, um, and, and went close. Uh, in the first half, so second half was a bit better. We we started, you know, have more confidence to play and, and have a little bit more belief. Um, uh, and then obviously the game's still tight at 2-1, and but they get the third goal, and then top teams and, and and top players can then manage the game from there. And I thought they did that really well. So uh, so for us, it's you know we're a very humble team. You know we'll go away and, and look at where we can be better. It's a young squad that's starting out in a project to, to be better and, and play at a higher level consistently. And, uh, and up until this point, they've done great. But tonight was a uh, night for Man City. They're so used to winning the games, and they have done recently a fantastic run. In fact, at one stage, you were the form team mm. across Europe's top five leagues. So when you do lose a game against a top team like Manchester City, mm. do you have to remind the players that you're at the beginning of a journey? Yeah, but that was the message afterwards, that as disappointed as we are, then uh, we've got so many young players that are are learning and wanting to be at this level, and and nights like tonight are good lessons for that. You know, you see the the, the quality and the belief that Manchester City play with, um, and obviously Liverpool, and Manchester City, are the two outstanding teams in in this league. But we want to keep growing and developing, and like nights like tonight will help that Sam what did you think of Jamie Vardy's performance and goal because once again he scored against a big six team once again he's troubled Manchester City his quality is is, is and his record is, is unreal isn't yeah, it yeah he's, he's a phenomenal player he, he, he could have played for them tonight I thought him and Casper were our, our outstanding players they played with the personality um, he doesn't need many chances his goal is, is fantastic he's run to stay on side great ball by Harvey 
he's away and then his second touch draws the keeper out and to finish like that was just phenomenal. It's just a shame that after that we couldn't then control the game and have more of the ball. You know, we're, we didn't function well in midfield. You know, we didn't take the ball. There's too many long balls. We're giving it away. And if you keep giving it away uh, with players of that level, then they'll punish you. And uh, and that's what happened. Could you have any complaints over the penalty that was awarded for Manchester City? I haven't seen it again, Sam, to be honest. I only assume that they'll have looked at it a hundred times and, and deemed that it was so. But I, I haven't seen it. Could you have any calls for a penalty yourself when Harvey Barnes and Edison collided in the penalty area? Jamie Carragher tonight and Stuart Pearce, who was commentating with us, mm. have said that they thought that Edison might have been guilty of a foul. I haven't seen it. Did Harvey Barnes get quite a serious injury? He's took a sore one to his ankle. So um, so that was unfortunate for him because it was a great ball in, a great run. Um, but uh, yeah, he's taken a knock on his ankle. So we'll see how he is tomorrow. Um, of course, the next game. They don't get any easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is Liverpool on Boxing yeah. Day. Mm. Does this warm you up nicely for that? Does this toughen you up nicely for that? Yeah, it's great. Like I said, nights like tonight, even though when you lose, they're, they're, they're great games to learn in and uh, we'll go away reflect on it. be a totally different type of game against Liverpool and play in a different way and, uh, you know, but, but equally have top-class players. So, so for us, we, you know, we'll relish that opportunity to bounce back and uh, and look to get a performance at home and, and hopefully get a good result. Will you have to play in a different way? What sort of different way will you have to play in against Liverpool? Well, whatever way we have to show how we work. You know, I think with them, you've got to be really aware of the, the counter-attack, you know, the speed they have in the team whenever the uh, Mane and, um, and, and Salah are breaking through. So that you always got to ensure that when you're building your game, you protect it. But, um, but I think for me, it's the case of just for us being able to show how we can go and play and, and if we can do that then we know we can always um, we can always make another team think uh, tonight we never gave Manchester City enough enough problems in the game consistently and uh, so we'll look to be better uh, against Liverpool Let's go to Sam Matapate uh, he's in the tunnel at the Etihad Sam I am in the tunnel at the Etihad and I can see Pep Guardiola um, decked out splendidly as always walking towards me to speak to us live on Talk Sport He's here. At Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Um, thank you very much for joining us. What did you think of that performance today? So good. It was pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah, we played so good. We played so well. So, yeah, top in ten. Without the ball, with the ball, commitment. Yeah, high level. What do you put uh, that down to? That performance down to the level of performance? Because you mentioned in the last couple of weeks that you played really well in in, in some games, even better in the games that you've lost than the ones that you've won. Yeah, against United we played so good and we lost. And we played much better than Arsenal that we won. And the people say in Arsenal, you judge results. So like you don't know exactly what we want to do. So you judge results. But um, but and, and anyone is stupid. So when we play like today, we play good. When we play against Arsenal, we won, but it was not really good. So I think Kevin won the game against Arsenal and today won the team. And when they play the team, every player is better, it's better, it's better. Because we did the most difficult thing in football, is play simple. And today we play, every player plays simple. Have the ball, pass the ball, have the ball, pass the ball. And after that, the quality of the players. Our game increased the performance of our team. We cannot expect one player going to decide. Can happen once, twice, or three, but in 11 months. Or you have a game, have a game, it's more difficult. I sense that you are quite <coughs> proud of your team today. Is this the most proud that you've been this season of your team? No. I'm proud a lot, so I know it's difficult to struggle after make back-to-back and and make it good games and we lost for the mistakes because it's the beginning of the season. But we cannot forget, we have a team 
with 70 victories, 70 games, 60 victories. So against that, with the Kenzo, heads off, congratulate him. So but only I want this win, of course, but I want to watch the team play, play good. And today we did it. The last time we spoke in this tunnel, you <coughs> talked to me about the ambition had to be, the first goal had to be to get closer to a Leicester team who are a very good team. Um, does it please you more that you've closed that gap to just one point on them and beaten them in the fashion yeah, that you course, have? Yeah, of course. So the people say now, talking in the press conference about Liverpool. So, well, Liverpool, we have to choose first Leicester. So we were seven points, that one is good. <coughs> and, uh, and the way we played and the message we give ourselves. So that is what we want to play. That is what we are. <coughs> and, and that's all. At times during the game today, you turned round rather demonstratively and turned to your supporters and asked them for a little bit more. Yeah, I need I need them support. So it's not only when when we play good, you know, we play good is is easy. So mum and dad help the kids when they are struggling. No, we are down or we are problem, dude. We need their support. So I need my 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 lovely club, my lovely supporters more active. So when I think not 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 <coughs> because it's worse. I think these guys deserve it. The amount of joy of <coughs> the football they have done the last two seasons, they deserve. They deserve be help all the time. Any other circumstances. So the teams, they know what happened after win titles, how drop and how forget to do what you have to do. After four seasons together, after win the win, you see how the players run and fight to do the best as possible. That is fantastic. Do you think sometimes that the supporters get a little bit complacent by the fact they've got such a brilliant team here? No, and they've I don't seen think so. so much. I know this a little bit the history. I learned that. I know in the bad moments we were struggling in second division, in a way, <laughs> thirty-five thousand. Oh, you've heard about that? Forty thousand going there to be support. So when we were away, our supporters away are incredible. Yeah. Uh, only I had a feeling <coughs> here at home when it's go we're struggling for ninety minutes. I need my my you know. Because the players need it. Because if the players would not need it, <coughs> I will not say that, and I will kick my players' ass <laughs> and say, "Yeah, guys, you have to do it." And <coughs> but they deserve it. They deserve it uh, by far. Yeah, things okay? have changed slightly since that those days. Thank you very much for your uh, time today. Uh, good luck. And that's uh, Pep Guardiola, who was uh, taking a leave of absence. I think he needed to get some cough medicine in the end. But he was very pleased with his team performance today. And quite rightly so. Uh, they've beaten Leicester City by three goals to one. Very pleased with his team's performance. Not quite as pleased <laughs> with the performance of the fans inside the Etihad Stadium today. Because that felt like shots fired from Pep Guardiola. Oh, 100%. Saying that his team deserved better, almost, from the fans inside the Etihad Stadium. He said, I need them. I need them but they've had such good football over the last few seasons these players deserve more and, and I mean there's already a lot said about the Etihad Stadium and the atmosphere there but for the manager of Manchester City to be asking in such a public way for more from their fans inside the stadium is incredible isn't it? It's funny I mean it even said there the away supporters are brilliant the away supporters are fantastic always singing and then he tried to diplomatically put it well at home though we play good football but basically we need a little bit more from you we, we, know, we know you've been playing I know the history from when they were in the second division but listen now I know we're playing good stuff now but we still need you I mean listen, it wasn't that, he, not, he sounded very bitter not bitter but a bit like 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 something was irritating him from the moment he stepped into the interview. Do, do you feel sometimes with Pep Guardiola, he talks about football in England in such a way that he goes to somewhere like Anfield and he, he, he sees the atmosphere that a club like Liverpool produces week in, week out for their own team at home and he wishes 
that that they had the same thing in in Manchester City's stadium. Yeah, of course. But I'm sure a lot of teams in the Premier League would like to have the atmosphere that Liverpool can generate before kickoff, while the game's going afterwards. So I mean, that that place is iconic for for the atmosphere that's in that stadium, and, and that doesn't come just from a couple of seasons of, of doing well. Do you know I mean, it takes time. But as I said, for whatever reason, something was really needing him in that in that interview. And I wasn't sure if it was Sam Matterface. I thought it might have been him. <laughs> game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Well, this is Villa's fourth defeat in a row, by the way. The warning signs are flashing at Villa Park for Dean Smith's team. As for Southampton, they're taking the heat out of their situation. Those three points might prove invaluable. Two goals then for Danny Ings. He could have got a hat-trick. One for Jack Stevens. A great goal by Grealish but a very depressed Villa Park in the mainstream here. Nearly 42,000 to watch a game that Villa really struggled in for the most part. And Southampton, by contrast, rose to the occasion. Final score here at Villa Park on TalkSport 2. Aston Villa 1, Southampton 3. Got an Aston Villa caller, Colin, on the line at the moment. I want to talk to him about the, just the two clubs' positions at the moment and this idea that you, you can still wait yeah. towards the end of the season and see what happens. Colin, good evening. Good evening. Listen, uh, I'm ringing in because I'm getting fed up now of all these fickle Aston Villa fans who are turning against Dean Smith. This time last season, and I hope all Villa fans are listening, Dean Smith took Villa up from the lower half of the Championship division. He's got Villa back into the Premier League, and the realistic thing this season is all about survival. As long as Dean Smith and Aston Villa survive, he has done a fantastic job. So if Villa fans are not going to back Dean Smith, stay away from Villa Park. Well, to be fair, the last caller, he did back Dean Smith. He said that he really liked him. He, he, he remembered where he was coming from. He said that he, if because we asked him the question, if you lose the next two, would you ride it out? Would you stick with him? And he said, yeah, he would because he, tr- he trusts in Dean Smith. Obviously, he understands that. He did take Brilliant. you to the championship. Well, listen, one, one club, one club we've got to learn from is Burnley. Did they sack Sean Deutsch when they went down? They stuck with him. They went down. They come up and look at Burnley now, an established club in the Premier League. So even if the unfortunate thing happens and Villa do go down, if there's one man can get Villa back up again, it's Dean Smith. 
He knows the championship division. How do you view Aston Villa, Colin, at the moment? Because it's Aston Villa, right? We all know it's one of the traditionally one of mm. the great clubs in English football. But of course, you were in the championship last season. It's a, it's a weird one. Christian Perslow talked about how the great history of the club and, and why you, you shouldn't have a parade after winning the playoff final. You know, Do you see Aston Villa like that, where it, it would be unacceptable to be relegated? Well, listen, football has changed. No club now, no matter how big you are. I mean, look at Leeds United. Look at all the clubs in the lower divisions. It doesn't matter how big a club you are, it's whether you're good enough. But what I'm getting sick about is all these Villa fans who are turning against Dean Smith when he's the one who's got them back into the Premier League. Without Dean Smith, Aston Villa would not be a Premier League club. And I'm going to repeat it. This time last season, Villa were in the lower half of the Championship division. So whether they're now bottom of the league, whether they're 19th, 18th, 17th, they have still progressed. And we've got to stick with Dean Smith no matter what happens. I mean, today, Villa had no means. McGinn goes off injured. What team is not going to struggle without two key players? So give Dean Smith time. It's not all over today. Okay, today was a bad result. But what I'm trying to send out to all you fickle Villa fans, if you're not going to back Dean Smith and be a loyal Villa fan, then stay away from Villa Park. Uh, it's a strong message you put out, Colin. Thank you very much for your call and your verdict. Let's go to another Villa fan. I want to hear what, <laughs> yeah, too, what yeah. Matt's got to say about what Colin had to say. If you don't support Dean Smith, stay away from Villa Park is the message. Matt, do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the majority of the fans do trust Dean Smith, but his lack of a plan B is slightly worrying at the moment. It's all right playing this 4-3-3 formation last year in the Championship when we were steamrolling teams, winning 10 games in a row. But we're against quality midfields and defences now, and it's just not working. Like someone said earlier, I think Wesley is absolutely crying out for someone to play alongside him. And yeah. I think one of the turning points, Bings and Engels at the start of the season, Engels looked absolutely solid at the beginning of the season, looked a fantastic boy. When that partnership broke up at the back, that's when things started to go a little wrong. I mean, at the start of the season, we were putting in performances, maybe not getting the results that we deserved. Um... But those performances are not there now. Mm. Getting beat now, we've lost a huge start. But the performance is not there like it was the first sort of eight, ten games. I mean, the Bournemouth game, how we lost that, I would never know. We played fantastically, we lost that game. But now we're still losing, but the performances aren't there. And um, I think we're crying out for a plan B, which I think the quality of central defender is not there when Rings comes back and James Chester now coming back from injury. Mm. I think we need three at the back, we need wing backs. We need Grealish in the middle of the park where he can influence games more because he's not had enough influence on the left-hand side of a front three. M- Matt, you're down he in the bottom the three. Matt, you're, Matt you're, back, you're down in the bottom three at the moment. How worried are you about being relegated? Very worried at the moment. So, like I say, seven, six, seven, eight games ago, I wasn't that worried because the performances were there. Even though we weren't getting results we should have done, the performance was there. But that performance is just gone in the last three, four, five games performances isn't there. And it is, it is very worrying at the moment. But we need two up top. And I'm quite surprised after the performance of the night, I'm surprised he didn't start the day of two up top. Yeah, I, I he just needs to plan B because this 4 3 3 is not working. I'd say, really sharp, but best player. I think he needs to bring him out from the left where he's playing on that front three, put him in the middle where he's going to have more influence, more time on the ball. And, and then and two strikers in front of him for him to be. That's the way it, that's the way forward. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. 
Now just ten minutes left. Chelsea coming back very heavily on defence now. Brooking. Martin Peters, MBE, World Cup winner in 1966, has passed away at the age of 76. One of our legends, of course, one of the people whose name will always be the annals of English football. Iconic figure in, in the British game, certainly the English game. He was a, a player that my generation looked up to. A complete gentleman who had the pleasure to play against when I was young and he was... Um, and he was at the end of his career and give me a lesson on how to be a footballer. He was a, a spectacular player. I know that yeah. there were certain things that would, they, they, they used to do in training. They would keep a ball up between the three of them, walk into the other end of the pitch and never let it drop. A beloved husband, dad and granddad and a kind, gentle and private man. We are devastated by his loss, but so very proud of all that he achieved and comforted by the many happy memories we shared. I know he was a fantastic man. I, I, got, I got to know him very well when I was playing at West Ham and when he finished, uh, we were both associated in the same circles. Uh, just a tremendous guy, tremendous guy, understated and it really is sad news. Hurst. They don't make them like him anymore and uh, he was a great player, great, great player and uh, I'm sure he'd be sadly missed by everybody. You obviously know Martin Peters, you're very aware, probably more than most, Alvin, of what he's achieved in the game and what sort of a man he was. Uh, uh, you know, time has, you know, it doesn't wait for anyone, Alvin, does it? But it, uh, this is a real shock, actually. I know he's not been well, but I didn't expect this. No, extremely sad news. I think anyone that will, uh, will every, I'm sure anyone who come into contact with Martin will tell you the same things, uh, Russ. A very polite gentleman, um, unassuming, in spite of what he achieved uh, as a player. And obviously the, the World Cup is synonymous with Martin Peter's name and, and the three West Ham players mm. all for different reasons were, were fantastic icons of the club uh, Bobby Moore because he lifted the the trophy Sir Jeff because he scored a hat-trick but Martin I know I spoke to many many players who played with all three of them and a lot of them said the same thing Russ they said he was the most naturally gifted of the three um, he was a, a spectacular player I know that yeah. there were certain things that would they, they, they used to do in training the three of them uh, Sir Jeff, Bobby Moore, uh, you know, and Martin would maybe uh, start as a three on the, the goal line and they would keep a ball up between the three of them, walk into the other end of the pitch and never let it drop. And they were the ones that, the, that Ron Greenwood always got to, to demonstrate anything of subtlety in the training. And uh, I know he was a fantastic man. I, I, got, I got to know him very well. Um, you know, I, I, when I was playing at West Ham and when he'd finished, uh, we were both uh, associated in the same circles. Uh, just a tremendous guy, tremendous guy, sure. understated, and it really is sad news. Just wanted to remind you of some very, very sad news uh, in the world of football today. Martin Peters, a former World Cup winner uh, with England back in 1966, a goal scorer in that famous final as well, has passed away at the age of 76. West Ham put out a statement today on the behalf of Martin Peters' family. They say, it is with profound sadness that we announce that Martin Peters passed away peacefully in his sleep at four o'clock this morning. A beloved husband 
husband, dad and granddad, and a kind, gentle and private man. We are devastated by his loss, but so very proud of all that he achieved, and we're comforted by the many happy memories we shared. We'll be making no further comment, and we kindly ask uh, for privacy in our family is respected at this extremely difficult time, and our heart and condolences go out uh, to the family of Martin Peters, who made uh, almost 800 uh, appearances in his time with West Ham United, Spurs, Norwich City and Sheffield United as well. And we can speak to one of his former uh, Spurs teammates, Steve Perriman, who joins us now. Good evening, Steve. Good evening. Uh, Sad news, of course, uh, to hear today regarding Martin Peters. How will you remember him? Uh, Martin was a top-class player, obviously proven by the fact he was a World Cup winner. Uh, but also a top-class person as well. He he was very classy on and off the field. He had great morals and ethics about the way he lived his life. He was a super professional and uh, just wanted to do things right, whether he was you know in a football kit or in a suit or whatever the choice was of the day. He was a fantastic man and uh, a real sad loss, to, of course, to his family and and to all of us who knew him, but football in general. Uh, in your time with him as a teammate, what was it like seeing him day in, day out? You know, what did he bring to Spurs in particular? Well, just a, a, a sensible approach. He ended up being captain when Alan Mullery left to go to Fulham. Uh, he wasn't a ranter and raver. He was a thinker and therefore... You know, one of these people that that couldn't think when he ranted and raved. So he he thought things out and uh, explained to you at half time or at the end of games or on buses or on trains or planes whenever we were travelling. Explained to you if he wasn't quite happy with what was going on, be it you know on the field or also off the field. So he was a, a true gentleman, and you know he he was a, a great uh, role model for any young player. He did things at the top of the game. There is no finer game to play in and score in as the World Cup final. And he obviously did that. And in a way, he was sort of overshadowed uh, by his West Ham colleagues, um, Bobby Moore being captain and Jeff Hurst scoring the hat-trick in the World Cup final. But this was a true, true, classy gentleman and a super professional. And I guess the medals proved just what a professional he was with West Ham United, a European Cup Winners' Cup in 1965, uh, two League Cups with Spurs, the UEFA Cup in 1972 as well, and and as you mentioned, a World Cup winner in 1966. Yeah, he he ended up, it sort of gets overlooked as well, but he ended up leaving Spurs and, and going to Norwich and giving them great service. I think he played over 200 games for Norwich. Indeed he did, yeah. So he was a, a very he, he he was a sort of player that did not rush around and and you can't imagine sort of a sweat sweaty face or, or shirt because Martin was a classy mover he sort of glided over the ground he arrived in the box uh, I think he was, might have been called the ghost at some point because he he found holes in the in the opposition penalty box when he glided in there to score goals, particularly headers. So um, he, he, he managed to play the game at his pace, if you like, which I think is the, the, uh, the mark of a true great. And um, he affected all those around him. And, and 
Alf Ramsey actually, it, it, it appeared in 1966 if he was Alf Ramsey's favourite player. Now, whether he was or he wasn't, I don't know that. But he made this comment, Sir Alf, that, uh, that Martin Peters was 10 years ahead of his, his time. And uh, I don't think many people understood what was being said then, but it was the fact that Martin played with an intelligence and you know, waited to see where the spaces were for him to be able to arrive there or pass there. And um, he was sort of playing the game two or three moves ahead of, of most of the rest of us. So um, a, a super player and a, a, a man to behold. He was such a nice, gentle man and uh, very polite. He won everything and more, but you, you couldn't tell that by the way he carried himself. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. The referee blows the final whistle, and Liverpool, top of the Premier League, champions of Europe, and now on top of the world. Liverpool win the FIFA Club World Cup for the first time in their rich history, only the second English side to do so. And what a landmark year! 2019 has been for the boys from Merseyside. Jurgen Klopp becomes the first German coach to win the current format of the Club World Cup. The man who said that winning it would be like landing on the moon. Well, Liverpool have lift off here. World champions. They've beaten Flamengo by a goal to nil. It underlines what a great side Jurgen Klopp has built at Anfield. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, what I mean to win this back to back, obviously winning the Champions League last season, and then coming and winning this, obviously now starting to, to win the trophies, which obviously he was brought in to do. I mean, the transformation for Liverpool when he first came into now. I mean, they're juggernauts at the minute, Be- best team in the world. They are. They won the Champions League quite comfortably. Um, won this game by all looks of it. When we was watching it while I was doing the show, it looked like it was quite comfortable. Um, but yeah, he's brought a great side there. Not only that, he's got a good squad. What I like at squad, what he's got to buy, I like the, the experience he's got in there. People like Milner, Henderson, these guys who understand the club, have played at the highest level. And also the youngsters that he's managed to integrate into the squad, like I mean, Trent. I mean, what a player he is. What a mm-hmm. And then you looked at the other night against Aston Villa. You saw a number of them guys who played in that game. Yeah, they got beat 5 0, but we'll come out of there with huge credit. And I mean, Ryan Kent, people like that, these guys are ones for the future um, Harvey Elliott sorry not Ryan Kent Harvey, uh, Elliott. Harvey Elliott absolutely fantastic uh, during that match Gianni Infantino as Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, collected his medal gave him a little shake shake of the hand almost to say ooh how's it feeling and um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain looked down at the ground very dejected in fact, yeah, that's one of Liverpool's hierarchy, giving Harvey Elliott a massive hug. Uh, he fact. must be tired, Harvey. He plays anything. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing as well, because Jurgen Klopp, um, even though some of those players were involved in the Carabao Cup quarterfinal, brought, I think, three players out afterwards, the day afterwards, to spend the week in Qatar. Uh, training, of course, with the first team, but it would have been a fantastic experience for them, even though they haven't played. Harvey Elliott, in fact, doesn't he even turn 17 until April, so fantastic for him just to be involved. Yeah, I mean, and when you're a young kid and you're around the first team squad, especially a squad of this quality as well, I mean, that experience is massive, massive, you know what I mean? Going away with a team, seeing how they, they operate, obviously getting his medal I know we weren't involved here but he's picked up a medal as well and I think when you're around winning teams I think that's massive and for these youngsters the three that win I mean that's going to do it again going to do their confidence massive and they know what level they need to get to eventually when it's their time to, to take over Game day is Saturday football It is game on Game day your verdict on Talk Sport Official broadcast partner of the Premier League
The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 